Yasas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody who's interested in learning about other cultures. I'm your host, Pamela Deodis Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. So there we have this and that. This is episode 16, I believe. We started the podcast four months ago this week. It's been a learning experience in more ways than one, and we're finally getting our sea legs, so to speak. We're learning so much about Greek culture, and sharing it has been so much fun. And you know Greeks like to share. They like to share that they are Greek, what it means to be Greek. My friend Josie makes fun of me for managing to get it into every conversation somehow, the fact that I am indeed Greek. In fact, she was so happy to refer us to her lawyer, who is Greek, and introduced himself to her by announcing he was Greek. And she couldn't wait, I think, until we met each other and vied for who was going to be the first one to claim their Greekness. It was him. But I got the better shock value because I don't look Greek. So getting the opportunity to share my Greekness and the fabulousness of Greek culture and food and history and everything else makes me happy. And I hope sometimes it makes our listeners happy too. Douglas, John, and I hunker down every week in our studio, which is a desk with a mic on the third floor of our house, where Halloween costumes and board games vie for space with bookshelves and crafts and 20 years of tax documents. Until recently, our studio had also been storage space for boxes and boxes of my mother's belongings, piled up since my sister sold our parents' house a couple of years ago. I didn't have it in me to go through that stuff for the longest time. In January 2023, the month before we dropped the trailer for the podcast, I finally started opening boxes. There was a lot of Greek stuff. Little cloth dolls and traditional dress, terracotta vases with classical designs, a weird metallic bronze-colored plaque with the Parthenon in relief. Every Greek home must have some representation of the Parthenon, without exception. You're not Greek if you don't have the Parthenon up on your wall somewhere. Up until this discovery, our Parthenon was a beautiful enlarged photo Douglas John took on his first trip to Greece, and a lovely painting that a very dear non-Greek friend of ours bought in Athens when she was on vacation there many years ago and uh, gave to Douglas as a gift. We found an old beat-up Thiamati, a censer for burning incense at the home altar. It must have been my grandparents because I didn't recognize it. There was a pretty gold chain with a disc pendant engraved with an image of the Parthenon. I'm Greeking out right now. Can you tell? I haven't finished going through everything, but I was able to put a few things on our shelves, give some stuff to the kids and a few friends, and packed up 24 boxes for the Red Cross. Some Ma stuff, because Lord knows nobody needs that many purses. And some of it ours, like the Halloween costumes. Thank God I made some space then because this new part of our lives, the podcast, has changed a lot of things. And I don't have time for decluttering anymore or dusting. Podcasting is fun, but it's a job. There's research, which it can get complicated if I'm looking for original sources. And I love original sources. I never have time to do all of the reading I want to about each topic. It's also making notes on what I want to talk about, writing things up so I remember everything I wanted to talk about. Finding photos, which is so much fun, 
but then there's getting their permission to use the photos from the museums, libraries, foundations. You can get in trouble if you don't get permission. Choosing the images for social media announcements, getting those to Douglas John to design the announcements and then getting them out on social media and putting together my sources to post on the website in order to have listeners, to give listeners access to the same information I had when I was um, researching. Then there's recording, sometimes re-recording. I swear, I'm always tripping over my own tongue. There's stopping and starting and stopping if the dog next door gets to barking and gets ours barking, or if there's construction in the area, there's always construction and tree trimming. Here's where the editing comes in, which is Douglas John's forte. We occasionally pick special music or sound effects for an episode. If you didn't play the Cats of Greece episode to the end, you missed out. We were so excited when we found the Greek marches. Because we're still new and using only royalty-free audio, finding royalty-free Greek military marches was awesome. I will no, not go into the online forms I fill out every week so that titles and podcast notes and summaries and links and the audio can be posted. We're still learning to balance this stuff. We're working from home, so I keep going off to do laundry or walk by my daughter watching Captain America or Murder Mystery and Makeup. Distractions. It takes discipline. I'm a mom and a wife. I still have a house to look after, cleaning, repairs, the garden, three very active dogs. I'm the resident nurse and health insurance coordinator. I have an elderly uncle I feel I've been neglecting for the past week. Luckily, my sister's close by. My uncle's been yelling at me to promote the podcast, which I will as soon as I get a chance. So then what happens when the host, researcher, note taker, me, and the recording engineer edit their art department, Douglas John, both come down with bad head colds at the same time. And a few days after recovering, the house has a mouse invasion discovered an hour before leaving for Tzertz on Sunday. I almost didn't make it. Disinfecting in record time. And we're scrubbing the kitchen top to bottom twice a day, and the humane trap is still empty three days later. There's nobody to pick up the slack. This is a two-person operation, with occasional help from Ed, who, uh, loves to research. So our episode on the Greek goddess Ekate will be ready for next week. The creepy, smoky skies over the northeastern United States right now because of the wildfires in Canada is kind of a good teaser for it, though. So be prepared. Since mice are very much on my mind right now, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to revisit the subject of cats. Because our last of several has been gone for two years now, and our dogs are useless as mouse deterrent. Rodents are and have always been a problem everywhere, right? We kind of forgot that because four to six house cats kept us mouse-free for decades. But the ancient Greeks and the current Greeks, none of whom have been especially interested in house pets. We talked about this in the Cats of Greece podcast. Before cats were introduced to Greece, people needed something to keep the pests off the property, out of the barn, the granaries, the bakeries, the kitchen. And as we said, ancient Greeks had pole cats and weasels for pest control. Pole cats and weasels being wild critters that can be kind of vicious if they feel the situation calls for it. If they hang around and if they don't take a bite out of the master or mistress of the house, then I guess maybe they were pretty effective. Pole cats to me look like weasels or maybe ferrets but are related to badgers and you definitely don't want to get on the wrong side of a badger. As far as pets were concerned, the ancient Greeks did like birds. 
and apparently thought big cats were all the thing. Is status symbols. Big cats like cheetahs. Cheetahs. If they were rich, they had cheetahs to impress the other rich people because it was like having the classical Hellenic version of a Ferrari, I guess. So when cats did make it to Greece and were domesticated more or less and used for mouse control, they still weren't house pets. They still are not house pets. Did they prowl around outside looking for burrows? Did that keep the mice out of the kitchen? They must have done a better job than the weasels and pole cats because those critters lost favor and cats dominated. Big plus, they didn't usually bite the hand that fed them. Did cats get invited into ancient Greek homes for an evening or two when there was a major infestation? I can't imagine. If you're not into cats in the house, nighttime is not the ideal to start. Cats get their nighttime zoomies and will have conversations with the ghost of the house. Ours is named the captain and he hasn't had a good conversation since our last cat died. Most Greeks in Greece still don't consider cats pets, certainly not indoor pets. But if they are smart, they'd keep some around their property healthy and happy to keep the rodents at bay because nothing works better and nothing is more, inventally, more environmentally kind. Greeks, you are smart people, descendants of the great thinkers and philosophers. Greece is the cradle of civilization. Let the cats in the house. I know there are people who think it's cruel for the mice. I'm an animal lover. But honestly, usually just the presence of the cat in the house is enough to deter them. We literally went years without one, and I was always looking. As a kid, I would dismantle the wire traps my dad set in the cellar, which he was not happy about. If one of the cats caught one, I'd get it away and release it outside so we could come back in all over again. Sometimes I didn't get to them in time, and the cats would leave a little dead mouse on my mother's pillow, usually while she was still sleeping, so it could be a surprise. But that never happened to me, so don't worry about that. They must have sensed how overjoyed Ma would be on waking up to that. I'm kind of disappointed the mentality towards cats in Greece hasn't changed more. But I've continued to read about Greek-founded animal shelters, welfare agencies, and adoption networks, as opposed to the many foreign-founded organizations that started the movement, so that makes me hopeful. Of course, these cats are mostly being adopted out of the country, but change takes time. I know I have to explore the dog situation, although these kinds of things are hard on me. I love critters. I get emotional. The cats were all around us in Greece, and there was no ignoring it. You didn't want to. Gosh, they were so cute. I wanted to research and see if they were okay, and I was so heartened to see folks in Greece feeding them and showing compassion. The only dogs we saw were on leashes, so I'm a little worried because I know the stray dog population is huge. And I've heard stories that I, I hate to investigate, but knowledge is a powerful thing, and it pushes for change. Inclusion in the EU is forcing Greeks to look at animals differently, yes. Attitudes for sure change for Greeks when they come over here, or probably when they go to uh, the UK or Australia, um, other areas in Europe. I've known many a Greek who wish no harm on cats and dogs, but also want a no truck with them. They do not belong in the house, on the farm, nine house. An immigrant cousin who always looked at our dogs laying all over the living room floor with a kind of a side eye finally caved and let his kids get a dog. And now he dotes on that pooch who hops on 
on his sofa whenever he wants. I know more than a handful of American-born Greeks raised with the idea that animals don't belong indoors and taking that to heart. But the rest of us have been contaminated by this pet-loving culture. Yay, us. My American-born Greek mom and her cousins absolutely became animal fanatics. They weren't allowed in their parents' homes, but my mom, her first cousin, all of their kids, and the cousin's niece and all their kids have cats and dogs all over the place, much to the horror of the elderly Theas. Almost whatever I brought home, I could keep. Dogs, cats, hamsters, bunnies, a crow. We even had custody of the pet mouse, and my sister had a goldfish until one of the cats got into the room and went fishing. Okay, switching tangents. Laws today. No cats in restaurants in the United States. Restaurants in Greece are allowed to wander around the outside tables. In the U.S., I've seen cats in bookstores and shops. Mice will chew on books and paper goods for nesting and leave poo droppings so wise. B&Bs and some hotels have resident cats. Some have enough cats you can order a companion to stay with you, sleep on your bed. Japan has cat cafes. You go in for coffee or lunch, you can pet a cat, you can adopt one. Absolutely not here. I'm not aware of any cat cafes. FDA rules are strict. You can have petroleum in your breakfast cereal or cancer-causing chemicals in your chips, but don't let a cat in the diner. USA. Just in case you're wondering, Cat Explorer and the Hiking Cat websites both have bits about getting your cat into a restaurant with you. Outdoors only. Call ahead. Keep them leashed. Etc. So, the U.S. is obsessive about keeping cats out of groceries, cafes, restaurants. Cleanliness is the issue. Let me tell you something. My papu, my grandpa, had a cat in his diner, just like the ancients had cats in their granaries or bakeries for a reason. This was from the 30s to the 60s mind before it became frowned upon. Mice get everywhere. You can't put poison in a restaurant. Traps, horrible, but they're used. We have a humane trap, not as efficient as a cat. Usually works pretty well, but not this week for some reason. My daughter and her boyfriend work in the food industry. They and the staff are scrubbing the places down after closing, sealing off food containers so mice aren't attracted, scrubbing before opening in case of night visitors, but some places are more responsible than others. My daughter's worked for several bakeries with no issues in the kitchens because of obsessive cleanliness. And if a problem arose, it was dealt with and everything was sanitized immediately. I don't want to know how it was dealt with, but dealt with, everything cleaned up. She worked briefly for a small, relatively popular bakery in a trendy town nearby. Big mouse problem. In her opinion, never properly addressed from a keep anything that might attract them wiped up and sealed away perspective. When I asked her to bring home a treat, she, for the first time in her baking career, demurred. Not a good idea, Ma, she said. Tell your friends to give it a pass. <gasps> she left the bakery a short time later. Cats catch the mice. Cruel, I know. Fortunately, in our house, most times we were able to rescue the mouse because usually only one in a blue moon. One gets caught, the rest clear out. They're smarter than they look. And anyway, honestly, poisons and traps are horribly cruel. Can it be any worse for the cats to catch them? Cats are pretty clean. You can still scrub your place down. They're more hygienic than mouse droppings or chewed through bags of sugar and flour. Mouse spit. Every grocery store should have cats. Every diner, airports, bus stations, restaurants. Don't turn your nose up at cat hair. You can excuse the cat in the morning and do a cleanup. 
even for people with allergy issues. If there's one straight cat hair, better than one straight poop. Those critters can have diseases, but they're so cute. Papu never had a mouse problem, and nobody ever complained about the cat. And if you let cats in your house, Greek people, and they sleep in your kids' beds, I promise, I promise, they will not steal your child's breath. I slept with a cat in my bed my entire life, and when my kids came home, they each had cats in theirs. They even helped train the three puppies each in turn. So adapt, neuter, and keep your cats indoors. They live a lot longer, and it keeps the bird population safe. Thank you for spending some time with us on this ramble. We're looking forward to doing a listener comments and questions episode soon, so please drop us a line at stealthgreek at gmail.com. And join us next week for our first episode on Greek mythology, introducing the goddess Ekate. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Deodes-Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at stealthgreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us to get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Find Greek Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram at Greek underscore like underscore me. Thanks for listening. Until next time, yes us.